hero who saved them. A hero can be anyone, even a man doing something as simple and reassuring as putting a coat around a young boy's shoulders to let him know the world hadn't ended. Zach, always joking. And I'm Mitch, this podcast reckoning. Welcome to Is It Really? The podcast that challenges popular opinions about movies. And tonight we're revving up the Batmobile and asking, do we ever need another Batman movie? Mitch, why don't you give us the synopsis for the Batman trilogy? Pow! So tonight, we'll be examining Gotham's caped crusader, Batman, by looking at Christopher Nolan's acclaimed trilogy. So first, we're going to get this episode kicked off talking about Batman and his many faces over the course of his life. (laughs) Some may say too many faces. Like me. Like me. I would say too many faces. We've had too many Batmans. Batman's been played by a large amount of people, a lot of voice actors, some good, some bad. And I think the first thing I want to know is who is your Batman? And we actually dropped this question on social media to get some insight from our listeners. And first we got uh, Josh Pelletier says that uh, Christian Bale is his Batman without a doubt. Where's the trigger? Where is it? You never give it to an ordinary citizen. Where is it? Where's the trigger? Where is it? Where is it? Tell me where the trigger is. Then you have my permission to die. How do you guys feel about Christian Bale? Oh, heck yeah. I really like... I can see Zach hemming and hawing already. It's like, uh, what am I going to say here? I really like Christian Bale in in Batman Begins. I, and I actually really like him in all three movies. I think we've talked about, and it's been talked about, that you need to see three sides of Bruce Wayne. You need to see the character that he plays in public. You need to see real mm-hmm. life Bruce Wayne, who he really is. And you need to see Batman. And I feel like with Bale's Bruce Wayne, we get that in the first movie. We kind of see all three sides. And it's a little more fuzzy in Dark Knight, but I don't know if it really matters. Yeah, I don't know, because I again, I do like him in all the movies. I just I feel like I want a little bit more out of the dynamics of his character. I like Bale a lot. I feel like it's impossible to not mention like this is obviously like a post 9-11 kind of Batman, right? Like the same way that James Bond became a like super soldier with Daniel Craig. Like this is a darker. It's more realistic. He's got muscles, you know, obviously not as beefy as Batfleck, but, you know, it's it's like he's Mm. in armor. And I think the thing I like the most about the Bale interpretation is it's so much about like his psyche, I feel like. It's about like the pain and trauma he experiences that we see right. in that flashback and how he's dealing with that pain and channeling it in the sequels. So I like that one. I will say the thing I don't like about Bale's Batman is he's not even close to being a detective in right. any capacity. I 100% in the agree. So I, I was wondering how much of it I'm going to blame on like Bale's performance and how much of it I'm going to blame on like the the screenwriting and like the direction and kind of where they were taking the character. 
And I would agree. I, I, he is not a detective. He lacks that like genius level intellect that we know Batman and Bruce Wayne have. The world's greatest detective. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think of one scene in particular, Batman Begins, Fox had analyzed Bruce's blood. He walks in, rattles off some jargon, and uh, Bruce says, am I supposed to understand any of that? Right. I'm thinking to myself, yes, you are. You're supposed to be a genius. <laughs> well, and you're a, you're just, you're like a dumb kid, you know? Like, it, it does bother me. It does bother like me. stumbling into danger. He's like, wait, yeah. you're not Ra's al Ghul? Wait, you're not Talia al Ghul? Right. <laughs> right. Yeah, like, you should in- be the first one to know. In Dark Knight Rises, when Selena Kyle leads him into that trap for Bane, I was like, okay, I could have seen this. <laughs> I could have seen that this was a trap. Like, ooh, it's filled with men. Here, go through that gate really quick. And I would give that one a little bit of a pass because I feel like it's he's like been out of the game he wants to die. Sure, yeah, he's sure. like kind of like ready to lay down his life. But it it isn't presented like he's doing that. I mean, right. to be fair, you're right. Like, it, he kind of just stumbles in there. Yeah. Yeah, he turns around and he's like, you've made a huge mistake. What have you done? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Not as grave as yours, uh, I fear. So Olivia Bender commented, and I think we can all agree on this one. Her Batman is Kevin Conroy yeah. from the, the voice of the animated series, some various uh, animated movies. He's the voice from the Arkham Asylum, Arkham City video games. He is Batman in like his most ultimate form. No, you are not my father. I am not a disgrace. I am vengeance. I am the knight. I am Batman. Yeah, when you oh, say sure. close your eyes and think of Batman, I immediately think yeah. of Batman from Batman the Animated Series. And again, like, yeah. I think you do get the three Bruce Waynes with him in a way that I like. I like when Bruce Wayne is good in all three of his iterations. Like some people try to play it like Bruce Wayne's the guy who likes to party and have fun. But I like that when he's Bruce Wayne, he's still trying to make the world a better place. Like that's something I yeah. think I like seeing that because it, it speaks to his character and kind of why I like him so much because he wants to do good. Not to yank it back to Bale, I'll come back to Conroy, but that's sort of an interesting departure in the Bale performance. His billionaire is more of a jerk, which I think accomplishes what the what it needs. Like it's just like a public face uh, that's going to give him like a Tony Stark almost. Yeah, a little bit, but it's not. He's not a humanitarian. He's not someone a philanthropist by any means. Literally, when they're at dinner and uh, they're like, "How could you want to raise children in a city like this?" and he's like, "I grew up here." I'm like. I know you're doing a character right now, but (laughs) you're a monster. (laughs) But yeah, like when I close my eyes and think of Batman, this is going to make me look like a poser, but I'll just say it. I think of the Batman we get in the video games, the Arkham series. That is my favorite iteration that we've ever gotten. It's like the look is perfect. Like it's (laughs) a big, beefy, square jaw Batman. He's a detective. He sounds like Batman. He's intelligent. It's all the things we the fans I think really appreciate about the character rolled into one. Yeah. I think the Arkham city Batman is in many ways, like a beefed up version of the animated series, Batman to me. I think the things that stick out about the animated series, the Kevin Conroy Batman is the things that really make Batman, Batman. He's a master strategist. You know, he's a genius level detective. Mm -hmm. He's never a step behind, you know, he's usually three steps ahead and a highly skilled combatant, which It's very hard, I feel like, to 
put that on the screen when you have like a, a an actor or like yeah. a normal human being trying to be in these fight scenes you know even if you're hiring professionals you just can't move as quickly and do things like the comic book or the animated series batman was able to do mm. so something is always missing a little bit in all of these live action adaptations for me but that doesn't mean I hate them. I, I, I like most of them. Well, I was more of a not just Batman, the animated series guy, but like I watched like the Superman animated show. I watched like the Justice sure. League show. Yeah. And I always really liked when Batman would talk because it felt very much like this guy's earned his place on this team. This guy is 15 steps, not three steps ahead. He's 15 steps ahead of everyone. He knows sure, his sure. backup plans have backup plans, right? He's sipping his bat latte while everyone else is still trying to figure out how they're getting in the game. Yeah, exactly. And that's Batman to me. Batman is yeah. the strategist. Well, real quick, who is not your Batman? Let's just take a couple minutes on this. Mm. Who is not your Batman? For me, I know people want us so to say many Clooney. People. I know people want us to say Clooney. Vengeance isn't power. Anyone can take a life. But to give life, that's true power. A power you once had. She's alive. So I'm asking you, Victor Freeze, help me save another. That's yes. the easy answer. Yeah, that's the easy answer. And low hanging fruit. That's I mean, the right answer. I would say Clooney. It's a correct answer yeah. for sure. I, I would say Clooney is kind of as bad as everybody else is in that movie. But at least, yeah. uh, I mean, at the risk of sounding ridiculous, at least it's Clooney and you get to watch sure. Clooney in the movie. Whereas I like I, his Bruce Wayne better than yeah, most. He is Bruce not Wayne. a bad Bruce sure. Wayne. He's a great Bruce he Wayne. Not a bad, he is not a bad Bruce Wayne. Val mm -hmm. Kilmer just falls completely flat for me, though. I see without seeing. To me, darkness is as clear as daylight. What am I? Please! You're as blind as a bat! Exactly. He's, yeah. kind of, he's boring to watch. He's not very entertaining. Uh, Poor guy. And, and it's weird because we we're saying who is your Batman earlier, and I rewatched the Michael Keaton one, and I was like, I feel like Michael Keaton's good. Why are you doing this? Let's just take him to the police. Then we can go home. Together. The problem is he's getting sidelined by like Jack Nicholson and uh, Michelle Pfeiffer and all the villains are kind of getting more screen time than him because I was like, when Michael Keaton's on screen, he's doing a great job. But then when they move from Keaton to Kilmer, it's such a drastic departure in for yeah. the character, I think. Can we talk about Batfleck? Yeah. Yeah, I was about to say, let's I, yeah. talk about Batfleck. Let me say one thing. Yeah, go for it, Brendan. I think easily some of the best and most exciting on-screen Batman scenes we've seen mm -hmm. come from Batfleck. I think I think that plays into like I could make an mm. argument for for Ben Affleck because of some of the amazing scenes that we see in Batman v Superman. Here's that feels thing. a little strong to me. Sure, I I speak in hyperbole, no. but honestly, <laughs> but those scenes are great there are some awesome scenes. scenes. They're they're great scenes. I think my issue <sighs> with Ben Affleck's Batman is it's not really his fault. It's a little like Zack Snyder's there. 
and they're like, what's your idea for bat for Batman? He's cool and does CrossFit. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. okay, Zach, okay, Zack Snyder. <laughs> Whereas, like, again, I feel like I was pretty excited to see what he was going to do with his own Batman movie because I was like, oh, this. I think Bat. I think Ben Affleck's a good director, and I think he does a good enough job as Batman where we could get a compelling movie. But then when I saw him in Justice League, I was like, oh, he does not care. He he does oh, no, not. Want to he be was here. done I think, by that I think point. The wheels, it's clear. The wheels yeah. come off the wagon in Justice League, but I think we like see flashes of brilliance in Batman v Superman. Right. The movie's a wreck. Yeah, but I think there are like literally maybe one or two scenes where I'm like, whoa. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely is, agree. Know, His performance in Batman V Superman is, is so it's night and day compared to justice movie. league. Right. He's yeah. the best thing in the bad movie. Yes. And like, we should acknowledge he was going through a divorce. Yeah. He, he went in and out of rehab several times when yeah. they were filming those movies. Yeah. Uh, and Zack Snyder, Gosh. right. Went through a lot of personal tragedy. So I feel right. bad. It's like, I felt like a lot of things that were almost out of their control. Same with even like Leto being cast as Joker. I'm like, right. it just kind of like, compacted as like oh there's one more reason i don't want to see this universe continue so right. at that point it was like the final nail in the coffin right. but like if you put yourself back like i remember the pictures that came out when i first saw the big bulky batfleck in that mm-hmm. gray cloth style suit no more oh, armor yeah. you know he's like a ninja finally the bat chin i'm like this is what i've been waiting for yeah and and you know him running into the rubble i i agree with what you're saying brandon like him right. running into metropolis maybe one of the best batman scenes period yeah it's just so many factors around that though, he deserved that, like, better he deserved better that's right yeah well it's commonly held that the dark knight is the best movie of the trilogy is it i rewatched the the whole trilogy to prepare for this and i really enjoyed batman begins i was like i think this movie is really like tight and cohesive and batman is definitely the the interesting main character who i want to see But I mean, just on a filmmaking level, the way that Dark Knight is shot, the scale of the movie, the scope, it feels huge and cinematic, and it's much more entertaining for me to watch. I I think Batman Begins is technically the better movie, but if I'm going to sit down and watch a Batman movie, the most entertaining one is, hands down, Dark Knight, I think. Yeah, I... Mm. Absolutely agree. And I'm going to say what I think is like the most widely held answer to this question. It's for me, it's because of Heath Ledger and his Joker. (sighs) (laughs) You have nothing, nothing to threaten me with, nothing to do with all of your strength. Don't worry. I'm going to tell you where they are. Both of them. And that's the point. You'll have to choose. For sure. That checks all the boxes for me. Batman is, you know, I want to be careful here because I love Batman, but in many ways, he is only as good as his best villain. Right. Yeah. And yeah. Batman has the best villains. I think that's one thing that that, that comic book storyline has going for it. Marvel has great things, but DC has the Batman villains. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Like they are some of the best villains in culture and Joker has got to be at the top of anyone's list of best villains. You know, it's got to be up there and Heath Ledger's performance is amazing. I remember when I saw the movie and I was, you know, I think I was like 14 when I saw it, 
But me thinking during the movie, this isn't Heath Ledger. Like they clearly got yeah. like another actor to kind of come in and do this. And they're saying it's him. It's going to be a big controversy. And then in my 14 yeah. year old mind, the scene where he's getting uh, interrogated and some of his makeup's coming off. I was just kind of uh. like, Oh my gosh, it's Heath Ledger. And my dad was like, yeah, that's, <laughs> you, <laughs> that's one of my favorite scenes in the movie. What you're talking about, Brandon, of like how the antagonists work, like, it's all about attacking the hero's weaknesses. Like there's this rule in writing, especially with writing like things with fantasy, like superhero stuff. It's more interesting to focus on like a character's flaws. So Batman's flaws. So like the Joker, when he's getting the crap beaten out of him during that interrogation, it's, it's like, Batman's one of his best strengths is like being able to intimidate people and to make people afraid. There's yeah. nothing he can do to make the Joker feel that way. That like, scene, you're powerless against me in that capacity. Yep. That scene where like the score is doing that, that push thing that it does. And Batman's just punching him <laughs> in the face and he's laughing. And he just says, like you said, Mitch, you have nothing. You have nothing yeah. to threaten, nothing to do with all of your strength. That takes away my breath every time. And also, so the uh, the hit me scene. Come on, I want you to do it. I want you. Yes. to hit me. I want you to hit me. I want you to do it. Hit me every time. Well, again, I'm just like because it's him turning a strength into a weakness. Like Batman's right. moral code is one of his strengths. Yeah, right. But in this case, it's he's showing the world. Hey, oh, yeah. if he won't kill me, I'm gonna keep going. Right? right. And he won't. Right. So so I I'm I'm with you guys on the hit me scene. Absolutely. I want to push back a little bit, and I don't want to keep ringing this bell. But Batman physically trying to beat answers out of Joker is not Batman to me. Sure. That, sure. that oh, is he's not a torturer in the Nolan yes. movies. <laughs> yes. You remember when yes. he drops and, the guy from the roof in the yeah. first he, one? <laughs> like, yeah. What are you doing, man? Do I that that like is not, God? that is not using <laughs> any of your mental capacities right. to, uh, you know, to withdraw information at all. That, that is literally trying to just beat and beat and beat yeah. your your opponent until like the, Batman is much more than that. I think that's well, and that's this is the last time I'll, I'll say this. This is where Nolan's Batman breaks down for me. Well, I think, though, if you read like some of the comics and stuff where like you know, Dark Knight Rises, like he's like cynical and wants to kill in that one. Like there's a lot of different interpretations of Batman that have gotten sure. out there. So I think this is just showing one side of you know you know like it's it's hard for me like the idea of like there is a batman like it's been reinterpreted for like 60 years i i agree with that again i agree i think it's the breakdown of batman's character because in the first movie it's all about fear he use he learns about like embracing your fear overcoming your fear using fear against your enemies and in this movie the problem is he has someone who isn't afraid of him because he's Batman. So, you know, then we and the whole movie is about limitations. You know, you have the Joker who has no rules, who has no limitations. And you have Bruce Wayne, who says in the beginning of the movie, Batman has no limits. And in this scene, we're seeing Yes, yes, he does. The Joker's not afraid of him, so he yeah. reduces him to punching him in the face. And then Joker essentially says, I have your woman. And again, it's like another, he's taking more and more away from this character, like essentially saying like, if you don't break your rules, I'm going to win, but I want you to break your rules and I'm going to win either way. I'm thinking 
thinking even of like the animated series. Like, do you remember the episode when Robin leaves? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because he's done with Batman. Right. Because he's like shaking down a family, like in front or a dude in front of his family. Mm-hmm. And he's like, I'm done with this. Right. Like Batman to me has always been like sort of morally ambiguous. He's on but the, Yeah. Interestingly, I think Nolan gets at like this, this idea, like he doesn't kill being the one rule thing. Like there, there aren't a lot of places I feel like in the lore of Batman that have explicitly said that you can look up the history on like the, the comics, you know, like Bob Kane said, like after a poor reception to him using a machine gun early on, like we won't let him kill anymore, <laughs> right, right. Uh, but it's not like written down and it really isn't like brought up in a lot of the source material, but I feel like by making his one rule, like not killing, it kind of brings together a lot of the like, but he'll do anything else. Right. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Which I think works for me. Sure. I think. Yeah. One of the things that really, and I'm, I'm really curious to kind of hear your guys thoughts on this. One of the things that really works for me in dark Knight is Aaron Eckhart as Harvey Dent. The world is cruel. The only morality in a cruel world is chance. Unbiased, unprejudiced, fair. His son's got the same chance she had. Because I went in not knowing who Harvey Dent was. And like watching the movie, I was like, oh, this is cool. Like it's a movie where like you see the inspiration that Batman has had. And now like DAs are willing to stand up and do the right thing. And you see kind of like, again, back to limitations. You see that Harvey Dent has no limits, that he'll do whatever it takes to kind of put everybody in prison he'll do whatever it takes to he stands up at one point and claims to be the batman and like that scene in the alley where he's you know we don't know that his coin you know is only one-sided but he's acting like he's gonna shoot the guys like this is so I guessed scary at that point it felt like it was uh implied in a way that i'm right. not like oh, i knew i'm right, just saying right. like they they did a good job foreshadowing that yeah well i remember like watching that as a kid i was just like whoa this is this is a lot. Oh, Intense. so you guys, you guys didn't know yeah. that Two Face used no, to trick coin. No, I didn't. I had no I idea. Okay. I had All no right. idea he was going to become Two Face uh, gotcha. either. So, like, when that happens with Joker, no. I was like, I mean, I did see him like pretend he was going to shoot a guy in an alley, you know, to, because the guy, you know, threatened his girlfriend. When I watched it, like even in the courtroom scene when he the guy pulls out the gun, Eckhart does has a great performance in this movie where he like sure. his eyes flash like rage like manically right. for a split second yeah. and he punches him out and then he turns back into the smooth talking district attorney but you're like oh you're violent yeah there's or, something underneath or when he gets into that argument with gordon on the rooftop and he's you know like i i looked into your department and then like they're like they're gonna come after you and he kind of goes i knew the risks when i took the job i was like you are flying way too close to the sun man and this is gonna come back to bite you in the butt <laughs> well while we're on the topics of villain really quick yeah. aside from heath ledger's joker who, who do you feel like the best batman villain is man i'm so curious to hear your reaction to this i really enjoyed tom wilkinson as carmine falcone Interesting. look around you you'll see two councilmen a union official a couple off-duty cops and a judge now, I wouldn't have a second's hesitation in blowing your head off right here and right now in front of him. Now, that's power you can't buy. One of the scenes I really liked is when he just says to Batman as he's being let out and he goes like, you know, in the joint, uh, Chill told me about the night that your dad died and you know, he oh. begged like a dog. Oh, and I, and for a moment, I was like, 
but that didn't, I was like, that didn't happen, Bruce. Why is that like getting under your skin? And I'm like, oh, because legacy is everything to Bruce, like kind of my, my family name. And, you know, you find out later with Batman, like it's about a symbol and a legacy. And like Carmine just kind of knows like how to get at him. And just that scene when he goes, you know, I wouldn't have a second's hesitation of blowing your head off right here, right yeah, now. That's a that's power my, you can't That's find. my Falcone scene. Yeah, that oh, entire scene, I was like, man, he is good. He's scary. He's intimidating. Mm-hmm. Like he's really, really good. People from your world have so much to lose. Yeah. You think because your mom and your and I'm not going to do the whole scene, but right. uh, just like the, the the fact that the, those movies got like A-list actors, like some yeah. of the best actors around. Oh, yeah. It gives it such a gravitas yeah, to me. Right. Uh, yeah, yeah. He's he's fantastic. Right. In Batman Begins. Yeah. I really like Cillian Murphy as Jonathan Crane in the first one. Would you like to see my mask? I use it in my experiments. Um, probably not very frightening to a guy like you with these crazies. You can't stand it. I feel like the sequels kind of reduce him to a knock knock joke a little bit. Yeah, but in, agreed. In the first one, like I just love how he's wearing like that knit sweater and it's and he's doing the um He's like a mad scientist kind of vibe. I love Cillian Murphy anyways. Yeah. Like he's he's so good. Yeah. yeah. He's a mighty Nolan player also. He's <laughs> yeah, yes, he, he's he a reoccurring Good point. He's a reoccurring actor. Good yeah. point. I wanna real quick just talk about Bane. Do you feel in charge? I've paid you a small fortune. And this gives you power over me? Your money and infrastructure have been important. Till now. I've got some reckoning. I'm not all in on Tom Hardy's performance. I think the I think the voice is super goofy and it 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 doesn't work for me. I think he's like physically he does a great job with yes, Bane, yes. but the voice is so goofy. It bothers me so much. I think, though, the character of Bane in many ways is Batman's greatest opponent. I mean, like psychologically, mm-hmm. it's Joker, mm-hmm. but physically, right. it's Bane. Right. Yeah. And he is physically superior to Batman in every way. In every way. Yeah. And then in the, if we're talking comic books, we're talking Dark Knight Rises, he, he literally breaks Batman's back. Right. Like he is he is bigger. He's stronger. He is also an expert strategist. I think that's one part that, you know, we all saw Batman and Robin. And we see this big dumb Burr. oaf stumbling around. Well, yeah, yeah, in with, this with, movie, he's a strategist. With, That's right. right. Green right. with green stuff. Well, in the comic books, also like Bane is supposed to be a genius, also. And I feel like we saw we got this big dummy in Batman and Robin, <laughs> and I feel like we finally got a Bane in Dark Knight Rises, reminiscent of what he should be. You know, more intelligent. Well, I feel like most of the Batman villains in his rogues gallery, like they reflect a part of his strength, right? Like, so Poison Ivy, like she exemplifies like lust and temptation. So it's like Batman has to be ironly resolute. Like the Riddler is intellect. The Scarecrow is fear. Bane is just like pure driving will, strength, power, Force. fanaticism. Yeah. He will not be almost. stopped. Yeah. yeah. Like he, he's just so, especially in the Dark Knight Rises, like He's convinced of the rightness of his actions. Like they call him like he's a fanatic. Right. And I feel like at the beginning of the Dark Knight, Batman is at his most powerful. Right. He knows what he's doing is good. He has the support of the city. By the beginning of the Dark Knight Rises, he's at his most broken. And Bane has like 
sucked up that power and he's now the one who is so convinced he's right he's strong what does michael kane say he's like i see the power of no, yeah, i see the, the power of, of belief shadows. yeah 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 mm-hmm. the league of shadows reborn right right because that's what bruce has lost yes he, he sees that hunger that bruce had in the beginning it's rocky three we can draw a direct line <laughs> to rocky three that's what i was gonna say yes! you can absolutely do that and bane is clever lang we are the real boys we are in lockstep i love that we both went to that well. <laughs> uh. So the Dark Knight Rises. Mm. Is this a great movie or is it garbage? Is it the worst part of the trilogy? What a binary we've been given there. It's either has to be great or garbage. <laughs> I think why we're presenting that is it, it was, it's easily the most controversial. Yes, for sure. I think there is just something to like the third movie in trilogies also, mm-hmm. you know, so I think there's, you know, some lines we could draw there. Just what's your guy? Let's dive into this. Well, I mean, I think I just push on that because it's like we've been having this discussion, right? Of like people's expectations are such a driving factor coming off. The Dark Knight, Heath Ledger giving one of the best performances in a movie we'd seen in like years, right? Yeah. How can you follow that? So I feel like The Dark Knight Rises is messy, right? Yes. Like it's spun out into like this weird epic war movie <laughs> that I'm not a big fan of in the third yes, act, right? Like, yeah. you know, The Dark Knight is so tight. It, yeah. Like if you think about it, its biggest action set piece is a semi flipping over. There's no fight in the sky. It's pretty restrained in that way. So yeah, Dark Knight Rises spins out of control in some respects but i feel like there's a great movie in there yeah you know you just you have to be willing to throw out the chaff you're right i wrote down in my notes it's a beautiful mess again yeah. it's all those actors are giving 110 percent, and like some of the dialogue in some of the places i was like that's kind of weird like uh jgl's entire monologue where he says like i was a kid at the orphanage and i learned how to like hide my emotions and when i saw you hide your emotions i knew you were batman i was like that's pretty messy, but he delivers the, the he delivers that monologue like a champ, and I believe every word. And it's kind of when I take a step back and I go, "That's how you knew." And you know, there's there's moments like that. Like again, Mitch, you were talking about when Alfred starts talking about you should hear what I've heard about Bane. I was like, "How do you know about how do you know about Bane, Alfred?" Like, but they're all doing well, such Alfred and a- all the Batman is just like I know everything. Like he's just- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, (laughs) but I think like, again, everyone's giving a good performance. And here's the other thing. There were some elements in the movie. There's there are plot holes in Dark Knight Rises, which usually I don't like to bring up. I don't like talking about plot holes. Yeah, because there's videos about the plot holes in the Dark Knight, you know, like because we can play that game all day long because it feels like like bad faith criticism a lot of time. But this movie, I remember for the first time actively, like when Bruce just shows up back in Gotham from this most ancient prison in the world, I was like. How do you get back there? How do you do that? Like, there was kind of like elements. I was like, eh, like, I'm thinking about it now. I was like, it's not ruining the movie for me. But, you know, uh, unlike in the first two, I'm kind of like, how did this happen? And I think it goes more than just like nitpicking. It was kind of like, th- that this lens feels a little is, messy. It confuses me, though. It's a movie where like, there's a bat wing thing that flies through the city. Like, sure. I really don't think the most famous man in the world can't get someone to fly him home. Well, here's the other thing I thought about in Dark Knight. There's an entire scene where they talk about here's how you're getting into China. 
Here's how we're getting out of China. Here's how we're going to do it. So for them to kind of like show that they're willing to, you know, walk you through how things happen in this world and for them not to do it in Dark Knight Rises feels a little confusing to me personally. I think I just don't need it. It's like, do I need the Rogue One explanation of why no. the, like, why don't we ask that question in Batman Begins, if you think about it, right? Like, he blows up the mansion. How does he get mm -hmm. back to Alfred in that one? Right? Alfred it just feels in. like we have these criticisms of the third because there's a mob mentality. <laughs> Alfred runs into the house and saves him in the first one. Uh, like, there's a mob, like there's a mob mentality online, right? It's like, we're all gonna rise up and poke holes, right? right? And I'm like, poke holes are the things that are actually problems, sure, I guess, sure. is, is my perspective. I'm like, sure, this, this yeah. movie is a mess in some right. areas. It is, it is. The plot holes are not the, the things that bother me personally. Yeah. Also, I think I, and Mitch, you might think that this sounds ridiculous. I think for me, I struggle a little bit with how they want me to feel about Bane in some places, like at the end when Talia Al Ghul, which I think that stuff is pretty messy. I think her character is pretty messy in that movie when she's like, yeah. I had a protector. I had a friend. And then it cuts to Bane, like single tearing. I wrote in my notes, does the movie want me to feel bad for Bane right now? Like, am I, am I supposed to like him? And then he just gets like blown away by Catwoman. I was like, that's how we killed off the big bad. And oh, okay. All right. Yeah. Yeah. I'm kind of with you there. I will say if we can concentrate on Bruce Wayne for a moment and Batman, yeah. I, I do think this is the most interesting arc to me, sure. like single movie arc, mm. at least, at least for me, like the, the, the whole redemption story is something I really like vibe sure. with. Yeah. I love the other two movies. They are great also, but I think in this one particular, it really has an opportunity to shine. Yeah. Like Zach, you mentioned, like if you feel like Batman begins is about fear and the dark Knight is about limitations. I would say like the dark Knight rises is about hope. Like it starts out where yeah. everyone's like obsessed with death. There's a lack of hope for the future. The peace they've been able to get themselves is, is a, a lie. lie, right? It's brittle at best. They're living on borrowed time. Even if you think about like Selena Kyle's arc where she needs this clean slate, yeah. but it, you know, she's not convinced it exists. Like, is there a future for me? That's, what a lot of the characters are trying to to figure out like how do we get hope in our lives and bane how do i weaponize hope against people right yeah, yeah. I, it was funny i was thinking about when we were talking about villains i don't know if you would call Anne hathaway's Catwoman a villain but i was watching the movie i was like I really like her in this movie. Like, I, she's having yeah. a ball. She's so having sort of an anti-hero. So, yeah. sort of an anti-hero. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Catwoman's always been a little bit of an anti-hero. Yeah. Like, she has good a good streak in her. In you know, in some of the adaptations we've seen, right. and I loved her theme. Just her score theme also which that's the other thing these movies yeah. they have pretty good to great scores. Sometimes it gets a little post inception on Zimmer with some of it. But for the most part, I think the score's also incredible most of the time. Well it seems like every few years we get a new Batman. What is it about this character that keeps us wanting more? I remember when Batman Begins came out, I think a Spider-Man movie also came out around the same time. And like, there was kind of this discussion like, Oh, who do you like more Spider-Man or, or Batman? And there was kind of this, this sense. And it was mainly coming from like older men that I knew who were saying like, I like Batman. <laughs> 
I like I like Batman because because like a guy like me could be Batman. You know, that's what people mm-hmm. say a lot of the time. And what I yeah. think it boils down to, you know, if, if you had invented Facebook, you would have invented Facebook. Like if you could be Batman, you would be. But I think what it really boils down to is that, you know, for men in particular, I think you have Bruce Wayne, who is the cool billionaire who drives sports cars and kind of does whatever he wants. And then when he's, you know, Batman, he has the ultimate man cave with the coolest gadgets. And then when he's Batman, he gets to go out and fight crime. So I think that for a particular audience, like he's just so cool to some people. That's so interesting. We have such different interpretations. The coolness of Batman has not been my drawing things. I will say one thing that does resonate is the fact that he doesn't have superpowers. Yeah. You know, absolutely. he wasn't he wasn't he wasn't shocked by something bitten, dropped in a vat of anything. <laughs> you know, like yeah. he is, you know, he, albeit a very rich guy, right. but he's just a guy. He's just a guy. Yeah. And he has genius level intellect. He has basically been able to uh, create all of his gadgets mm-hmm. and basically build himself up. Yeah. And I think that does resonate. Maybe not like we think we could be him, but it's it's something like this is this is like the best version of you know. And I don't know that it's a guy thing. Maybe it is, but I don't want to like yeah, hit that I, too hard. I, is what I I'm think saying. There are plenty of girls and women right, out and there who I think yeah. for like me, it's, yeah. I don't I don't want to speak for for them. I'm just saying from my experience, like the being big, a boy growing up, being a boy yeah. growing up, that was the big takeaway. Is like Batman is so cool and like as an adult it's a little more like he's tortured he's like he's kind of like in any other story you could see batman being the villain but he's not like he has a dark side like stuff like that like there's i think there's a camp that likes him because he's cool and there's a camp that likes him because like he's dark and gritty also yeah 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 well like i mentioned with the justice league thing watching that growing up like i always just felt like he earned his place at the table right in a way that the guy who got struck by lightning and runs really fast mm-hmm. didn't have to mm-hmm. right sure, sure. and just from a story perspective notoriously superman stories kind of suck because it's hard to invent interesting yes. conflict for him right right batman yes. by nature of being powerless in a world full of superpowered foes is always going to be somewhat of an underdog which makes his stories yeah better right like him fighting criminals at the grocery store on the street you don't know if it's going to be the time he gets gunned down you know like it's always going to have more risk i don't know if you guys have watched any of the animated movies but there's one where batman puts into motion a contingency plan for every single member of the justice league how to take them all out and i think when i saw that i was like he is just in another league he is just Uh in another league and i think the part that like struck me he made a contingency plan for himself also like he was like i am not above this i am Mm -hmm. not judge jury executioner i am as much a part of this i need to be if i get so powerful or you know so greedy or anything like i need to be taken out also so he was involved in that part I don't want to bury the lead here. I think he is the greatest superhero in existence. And I think it's because he uses what is available to him. He doesn't have powers. I think there is just something about his his abilities that vibe with me. Brandon, I, I totally hear what you're saying. And, you know, I don't disagree with you. But for me, like the kind of superheroes I like, like I like your Spider-Mans who are like, you know, I was an I was a normal kid. And but now I'm the same normal kid. And now I have superpowers. What do I what do I do with this? You know, those are the more those are more of the stories that I tend to gravitate towards. But there is, you know, also like you're saying, there's that side of 
He's a person who's trained, who's worked really hard for this, who's earned this, yeah. you know? So I think that yeah. it's, it's a different, it's a totally different like level of uh, storytelling, which puts him in another camp from your, you know, typical superhero. I feel mm-hmm. like I was always just drawn to Batman because the world he lived in felt more familiar to me. And that's going to sound ridiculous. Cause it's like a, most of the time it's like a noir thing and you know, right. it's like yeah. very old timey, but like, yeah. Uh, just like the perspective, like a Superman, like it's, it's like people are good essentially, you know what I mean? Right. Where like Batman has, he lives in a more fallen gritty world. And like that feels more reflective of the world I live in. And he has to remake the world in the image of justice where like Superman's just upholding an already good society. Right. right. So I feel like I'm, I've always just appreciated that part of his character. And you mentioned like some people are drawn to like the trauma and stuff like that. Like, yeah, like one of my, the most compelling things about the character to me is the way he's able to channel his fear into strength. Yes. Uh, Cause I feel like mm. we all want that in our lives to be able to take control of the things that have hurt us and to wield that into something powerful. So that's, that's what Batman does. Like even like in the mask of the phantasm, like probably one of my favorite Batman movies. Uh, I remember that scene. He's pleading at his parents' grave. Mm -hmm. Like he wants to Mm -hmm. give up the Cape. You know, he's finally found happiness. What does he say? I need it to be different now. That to me is someone who has to sacrifice so much more than, you know, again, just a, a typical superhero who, is I just feel like the, there's not as much asked of them. You know what I mean? Batman has to give up everything to do what he does. Right. So I'm just, mm-hmm. I'm more drawn to that story. Yeah. And again, yeah. Mitch tackle what you were saying again about uh, familiarity and not to keep knocking against Batman, but again, like kid like me growing up in New York, Spider-Man lives in Forest Hills. Can we go drive by there? Like, oh, that's so cool. And to a different degree, you know, there's a character who, if he could stop, if he would just stop being Spider-Man, his life would be kind of great, you know? So that's, that's the thing. Like being, I, I think we all kind of relate to, or we tend to gravitate to stories where it's more being the superhero isn't cool. It's a sacrifice, you know? Cause I think you mm-hmm. see like, uh, and I haven't read a lot of the Iron Man comics, but in the movies, it's like, Tony Stark is cool. He's even cooler when he's Iron Man. You have Ant-Man whose life is a is a mess, but then he gets that Ant-Man suit again in, in the movies and a little bit in the comic, but he gets that suit and all of a sudden his life is awesome and everything's super cool. I think we yeah. tend to really resonate more with the characters who being a superhero means that there's a lot being asked of them and it means that they're giving up a whole bunch to do the right thing. Here's the deal. A Batman movie is money in the bank. Even movies about his villains tend to collect C-2019's Oscar-nominated Joker. You can complain about Rob Pattinson as Batman all you want, but my guess is you're gonna see the movie. At the beginning of the episode, we asked, who is your Batman? And why do we ask that question? That's because no two actors have portrayed Batman the same way. There's always room for a new interpretation. Before I really thought about this week's question, I think my answer was going to be a hasty no. We never need another Batman movie. But then I started to think about the one that's on the horizon. And I think about Rob Pattinson playing Batman. Rob Pattinson who's been in two incredible movies, Good Time and The Lighthouse, and he's given two incredible performances. 
And then I think about Matt Reeves, who's given us two incredible Planet of the Apes movies. And I can't help but be intrigued. Do we need more Batman? Probably not, but maybe we deserve more. It can be easy to be blasé about the influence of Nolan's trilogy. But let's not forget he essentially pulled the property from Joel Schumacher and George Clooney's abyss. Sure, I roll my eyes when superhero movies are aiming for dark and gritty now, but that was Nolan's influence and at the time, it was a welcome change from the familiar campy beats we'd seen in other superhero movies. I mean, who could forget the outlandish laughter of Jack Nicholson's Joker or the cartoonish mask Willem Dafoe wore in Spider-Man? Hans Zimmer's score was a welcome comeback for superhero movie overtures and it definitely raised the bar for the acting talent these movies attract. Christian Bale, Michael Caine, Liam Neeson, Gary Oldman, Killian Murphy, Tom Wilkinson, the list goes on. And here we stand a decade later with successes like Logan and Black Panther, and I'm not sure we would treat flicks about dudes who dress up like animals with the same degree of seriousness if not for Nolan. Now, it'd be silly to deny the role nostalgia plays in how these films are discussed. I mean, I'm pretty sure my first mustache hair popped out of my upper lip when I saw the Joker murk a bad guy with a pencil. This is very much the kind of content that isn't nearly as important or adult as it feels when you're 13. I also think it's worth mentioning, these are really silly movies where history's been driven by ninja interventions, Batman summons a swarm of bats from his cave to fight off goons, and a giant rolling assault vehicle escapes a horde of police cars and helicopters, mostly by turning off its lights. But putting those criticisms aside, Nolan managed to make a trilogy so good that while his intention may have been to move on to bigger and better things after Batman, the legacy of these films is Hollywood now regards the big superhero blockbuster as the apex of one's career. Essentially, the wheels are off the bus now and we're gonna keep getting Batman movies for centuries because there's more money to be made. But the question is, should we get more movies? Do we need them? And I'll wrap this up quickly since I'm over on my time. Yes. Batman is one of our most tragic heroes. He's a modern Hamlet who waits too long to kill his enemy and pays a terrible price for it. And though he isn't often thought of this way, he's also one of pop culture's more interesting anti-heroes. Someone who rides the line of what is moral, someone relegated to the shadows because he doesn't represent the morality of the society he lives in, he questions it and bends it to his will. But mostly, he's the kind of hero we deserve. And even if we don't need him right now, he'll always be ready. A silent guardian, a watchful protector, a dark knight. I enjoyed Batman in all of his many, many forms. From a very early age, I was collecting Batman action figures. Shortly thereafter, I was glued to the TV after school for Batman the Animated Series. I've protected Gotham as Batman in the Arkham City video game franchise. I've dabbled in Batman comics and graphic novels, but nothing gets me more excited than hearing we are getting a new Batman movie release. Batman is one of the few characters that I never get tired of seeing up on the big screen. One thing that keeps me coming back time and time again is with each new release, we get a new take on Batman. Now, I may gripe if I feel like a certain version strayed too far from what I believe is Bat Gospel, but the truth is, I love it all, and I think it all has a place in the Batverse. So, to Robert Pattinson and anyone else brave enough to don the cape and cowl in the future, Bring it on. You have my support.
episode on the Chris Nolan Batman Trilogy. We hope you enjoyed yourselves. We would love to hear your opinion on our episode or any other movie-related topic. So if you haven't already, hop on over to our Facebook page and join the conversation. We can be found at Real Boys Podcasts. And don't forget, subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you have a little spare time and you like what you hear, we would love it if you would take a minute to rate and review our podcast. We appreciate your support. Well, we'll be back in two weeks with our episode on the Tom Cruise decades-long saga, Mission Impossible. Light the match. Light the match.